Fostering with Love, Episode 2, for July 13th, 2010. More waiting, a false start, and then off to the races. Hello everybody, and welcome to Episode 2 of Fostering with Love. I'm Dan, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about my family, the next steps we've gone through in the foster care process after becoming certified, and what it's been like bringing a foster child into our home for the first time. More waiting. When we were going through the pride training classes, which was meeting for about four hours at night, twice a week for about a month, we were told that as soon as all our paperwork goes through, they're going to call you. This is because there are so many kids in foster care waiting for homes. As an example, I found this information uh, on my local newspaper's website at spokesmanreview.com, and there's a link in the show notes. But the article is called Fostering Hope, and it was published in 2007 in April, and it says, In Washington, there are 5,841 licensed foster homes, according to the Children's Administration. It would take 30 to 40 new families each month to fill the need for foster care in eastern Washington. About 80 children a month are placed in foster care in Spokane County alone. Two years ago, that figure was 30 kids a month, according to uh, this article, and so now it's been three years, so I'm sure it's gone up even more. And uh, the article goes on to say, As a recruiter, I'm not asking people to take in ten children. But if everyone would make a difference in one child's life, that would be huge. This community really needs to step up for the children. And I would just uh, put that out to you guys all around the nation that uh, as a challenge for you guys to, to look into foster care if you haven't already and see how great the need is, and step on up. So we were told that all of our paperwork had gone through, everything was complete, and I thought for sure that night we're going to get a call, but we did not. And so I was talking with my wife, and I said, I'm sure we'll hear from them tomorrow. Give me a call when I'm at work and tell me all about it. We had talked about exactly what age and level of special needs of children that we would both be comfortable bringing into our home and especially for the first placement. So uh, she would just be able to get the call and say yes or no and then call me about it. Uh, So the next day I called her at lunch. She hadn't called, and still there was no news. And this was very surprising because we were told, you know, once it's all through, you're going to get a call. She gave them a call, and they said, oh, yeah, we don't have your name and number in here yet. Uh, I guess we should hit the refresh button. And our name came up, and all the new foster parents that had gone in. So now our name was in front of them. And I'm sure that they had not hit this refresh button because they're so busy. You've heard the stats. Um, so rest assured, once you are certified, you will be getting that call. And if it's not the right placement for you, you'll get another call. And if that one's not right, you'll get another call. You don't need to worry about that because there is such a great need. So many children out there uh, need safe homes. 
So, a false start. A particular case was brought to us, and we were told it would be a good placement for us. It was a little guy who'd been taken away from his parents just a few months after birth. Uh, he'd been with a foster family for quite a while, and he was coming up on being a year old. But the family that he was with um, saw that a sibling of another child they were caring for was becoming available, and they wanted to take in this other child. But both siblings were special needs, so they were not really sure they could take care of two special needs children and this little guy who was about to turn one. So we were asked if we would take him, and we said, yeah, we'll take the little guy. We were told we would probably get him the next day, but that the court was waiting to decide if he could be reunified with his parents because they'd been doing all the right things, and it would be only a few months until he would be going back with them. But uh, we got a call the next day letting us know that the family who's been caring for him all this time was going to keep him until he could be reunified. And so that was great, very commendable of them to do. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of work, but now he won't have to go through the trauma of being placed with a brand new family again, and then a few months later, reunified with his birth parents. So I thought that was great. So that was a false start for us. But I did want to talk about uh, the feeling I had after hanging up the phone when I did think we were going to get this guy the next day. It was, uh, in a way, surprising, in a, in a great way. Um, after I learned about this little guy and his situation with my wife and that we'd probably be getting him the next day, I hung up the phone and immediately I was just really excited, almost giddy. I, I was giddy. I was, it was just really cool and reaffirming to see that off-the-cuff reaction I had because it just showed me that I was not only... Uh, uh, not only did I know that we were doing the right thing, but I was excited about it. You know, it's one thing to think about a whole lot and pray about and talk about. I think this is what God is calling us to do. And it's another thing to be excited about it. So that was really great. And it kind of reaffirmed for me uh, becoming a foster parent. So a little bit about my family. Um, my wife and I have been married for a little over three years, and in about that many years we'll be creeping towards 30. And um, we have one biological child. He is two, and we just couldn't have a better little boy. He is uh, very relaxed, always chilled out. He's a really sweet boy and very well behaved thanks to my wife's diligence. So he is just a joy to be around. And um, since we have a two-year-old, we don't really want to rearrange the birth order, and so we are wanting to bring in any foster child who is under the age of two. So we have that unique situation. Some people feel like taking in a child of any age, zero to 18 years. Some take in toddlers, and some take in only babies. It's all about um, what you know you can handle, because we're all human, and um, as an example for me, something I can't handle too well from experience of babysitting friends' babies, uh, a colicky child. So we're going to try not to take in a baby who's real colicky. Um, and also, since we have a two-year-old, we don't want to take in someone who's older than he is. Um, another thing that I think comes into the situation for us is that we have not parented a child who's older than two. So taking in someone who 
age, we have experience rearing, um, is appealing to me. Um, I don't think you need to go by that. Uh, there, there's a lot of people who are, have never even had children and they're excited and have a heart for foster care. They might take in a teen. And I think that's great. You know, they've been a teen and the fact that they want to become a foster parent tells me that they're probably going to make a great parent. So, you know, parenting is really a learn as you go kind of deal. So, um, but that said, those are kind of the situations. That is the situation of my family and where we're at for what kind of child that we're wanting to bring into our home. So that's a little bit about my family. And um, as an example, I thought it was funny uh, at the end of our training classes, we had some foster parents coming in. And one was an older lady who only wanted teens, which was um, different than I was expecting. And she said, you know, take in teens. I don't have to deal with diapers and puking. And there was another lady who was a single mom and she had a heart for special needs children and babies. So that's why she took in. And so, you know, it's just all about where you feel called to and um, what you know you can handle. We all have different gifts and abilities. Off to the races. So, we have officially had our first placement. Today is Tuesday the 13th, and it was last Friday afternoon that one little three-month-old guy was placed with us. For the most part, it has been great. He is a very easy baby, and he only cries when he needs something, which has been wonderful. Uh, we've been able to quickly meet his needs, and we've been learning what he likes, and it's been good. I haven't really handled a three-month-old since my son was that old, except a few times babysitting, and um, almost everything has come right back, except one kind of funny little story. Maybe it's just funny to me, but... Uh, I was feeding him for the first time, and he was doing good, and I was telling my wife, yeah, he ate good, he's eaten about this much, but now he doesn't really want to eat anymore, and she said, have you burped him? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the whole burping thing. So immediately I propped him up on my shoulder and gave him some pats, and out came a big old burp, which was great, because then he ate a lot more. But um, I was... Uh, you know, it was all coming back to me. So, um, the one thing that has been rough is that we think this baby has learned to sleep in mommy's arms because if you're holding him, the little guy will just fall right asleep real easily. But as soon as you put him down in the little cradle we have, he's awake, he's flailing around, he's crying, he does not like it. Um, and as foster parents, at least in the state of Washington, we cannot have foster kids in our bed. This is something that comes within territory. Many foster children have been abused, um, some sexually, so our bed is off-limits for foster children. Uh, it's kind of like the whole spanking thing. With our biological child, we've used spanking, and it's worked really well. We don't do it often, but sometimes uh, a two-year-old needs to know that he's not the one in charge and that there are consequences for directly disobeying us after we've asked him nicely to change his behavior. We have a lot of other techniques, but um, we do spank him. But again, many foster children have been physically abused, so spanking is off-limits. Some of these kids have been through so much, and at such a young age, that as foster parents, we need to be extra sensitive to these kids with these kinds of issues. And I know it's going to be a challenge as we take in older foster children, but that's another podcast for another day. 
disciplining our child uh, may become a little different once we have foster children. So we'll see how that goes. But all this to say, we can't let our little guy uh, fall asleep with us in our bed, holding him. Um, not that we would want to. Our son was always in a bassinet next to our bed till he got a little older, and then he was in his own crib in a different room. But uh, this, to, all this to say, it's been pretty rough at night. You can hear my voice. I'm sorry. It's probably a little gravelly. But we haven't been getting a whole lot of sleep. It's been better, but... Um, luckily, as I mentioned in my last podcast, my wife is amazing. And what we've been doing under her astute guidance is letting him cry for about a minute and then giving him his pacifier. He self-soothes with it and then cries again. And then we go back in there and give him his passy again and help him calm down. But the crying is good, opens up his lungs and uh, helps him become more tired. And, um, in these few days, he still needs our help falling asleep, but he's, he's been learning how to fall asleep by himself in his bassinet. And it's been faster and faster how quickly he can fall asleep now. And so another problem that this little guy was having is not eating as much as we would like him to. Uh, we don't want him to be snacking all day, only drinking like an ounce and a half every hour, wanting to eat every hour. So we've slowly made him wait just a little longer so that when he does get a bottle, he'll eat a lot more. And when he's waiting, we're holding him and talking to him, distracting him. So he's not just sitting there crying and hungry. Um, but just as he's learning to sleep, he is now learning to eat more in one feeding. Getting him on a schedule has also really helped with this. The feeding and sleeping kind of go together for a successful schedule for babies. When he came to us, he wanted to eat when it was time to go to sleep. And this makes it difficult because he's falling asleep while eating, and we just can't get as much down him. And then also, since he doesn't eat much, he'll wake up sooner wanting a bottle. So my wife has been getting him on a schedule of eating as soon as he wakes up, and eating a lot. And he's been sleeping longer, and my wife's been able to get a whopping five and a half ounces into his little tummy in one feeding, which was just awesome. Uh, we were getting him a about up to three ounces, but now that he's been getting on a schedule, he's been doing much better. He's a happier baby because he's getting more food and more sleep. So the first night we had him, it was really rough, and we were both pretty much up all night with him. But now he's going down for bed in about five to ten minutes or so, maybe fifteen. And uh, last night, I believe, was he was only up once uh, in the middle of the night for a feeding instead of several times. And so he's eating more and sleeping for longer periods of time, not always hungry and tired, and he's a happier baby. <laughs> and we're happier foster parents because we're getting more sleep and more fun time with him when he's awake because he's in a great mood. Um, now I'd like to talk a little bit about what it was like to have the child placed with us for the first time. It's a very interesting experience. Um, there's been several times where my wife and I have just looked at each other and said, Someone else's baby is living with us. Uh, we had nine months to prepare for our son while he was in mommy's tummy, and this guy was literally dropped off at our doorstep. The social worker, who was really great, by the way, um, came to our house, gave us as much information on him as she knew, and saw where he was going to be sleeping in our house, and then headed home, because she'd had a really long day, and it was several hours past when she was supposed to get off for the day. Um... So that whole afternoon until 
the late night just kind of felt like a dream. Uh, somehow it just didn't seem real that we had someone else's child in our house and that we were caring for a three-month-old again, making bottles and burping him. So it's been a big adjustment, but, you know, it's been great, uh, other than not sleeping much. <laughs> but uh, other than being pretty wasted, um, we're getting him on a schedule, and uh, it's it's getting better. By the time I release the next podcast uh, and blog post, we will have learned some big news about this guy. As of right now, we we don't have any idea of what the visits might be like, um, or how often they would be, or if the mom is even going to be able to keep the little guy. So there is a possibility we've been told that he might uh, be placed for adoption, and in that case, we would take him. So that would be some really exciting and huge news. We only, you know, we've had him for less than a week. But we're going to be finding that out soon. There's going to there's a court date uh, very soon, and by the next time I talk to you guys, I'll probably have some big news. So that will be exciting. Um, one quick thing I wanted to mention was that uh, the awesome people who have uh, been a big inspiration for this podcast and blog over at FosterPodcast.com of the Foster Parenting Podcast um, have left some nice comments on my blog. And that was really awesome. Thank you guys so much. And everyone who only has two episodes from me, go and listen to the 80-some episodes of just great content over at fosterpodcast.com. I really want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you can find the blog that goes with this podcast at fosteringwithlove.blogspot.com. And I'm also now on Twitter as fosterwithlove. And I'll be posting... a a new podcast episode and blog uh, with a huge update, I'm sure, very soon. Um, and thank you guys for listening. God bless. Music used was Fresh Deep Drum and Bass, Volume 2, by DJ Krauss, found at archive.org. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 U.S. License. Are you an embarrassment on the dance floor? Do you confuse state capitals and read too many celebrity gossip magazines? Well, if you answered yes, you may have what it takes to adopt a teen from foster care. Because teens don't need perfection, they need you. So if you think an MP3 is a computer virus, it's okay. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. For more information, call 1-888-200-4005 or go to AdoptUsKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council.